Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Donkokwate, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. I have a scripture from the book of Luke, chapter 14, and uh, the verse number 25 to 28. It would be nice just for the sake of participation that I would have one of you reading for us. Yes, up to the 20 years, so you are right there. Thank you very much. So, uh, I want to just talk about the cost of discipleship. So, I'm zeroing in then on this verse uh, 28 that said, if anybody is going to build, he will be wise if he counts the cost first. Meaning that if you don't want to count the cost, and you decide to build a story building, you may not finish and then your resources are out. But that same amount of money can build you maybe a single story building that will be complete enough for you to be able to have a place to lay your head so that you won't keep on paying rent somewhere. So if one does not count the cost, then he runs the risk of being disappointed in what he has set out to do. So here is Jesus speaking to a multitude. And uh, we are just told that it's not just a multitude, but a great multitude. That means a lot of people. That will be a very good church, mind you. It will be a church that is really thriving. So that if it was all just about numbers, then I believe that uh, Jesus uh, somehow didn't really do well by these statements that he made. If a man will come to me and will not hate his papa, his mama, his wife, the children, the brethren, the sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Meaning that what is reserved for disciples, he can't have it. Because so long as he doesn't qualify, then he cannot also not enjoy the benefits of a disciple. And then whoever does not bear his cross and come after me, this person also cannot be my disciple. So we are seeing a couple of things here which I just want to draw your attention to. The first thing we are seeing is there can be no excuse whatsoever if any of us will say it is because of my papa, because of my mama, 
because of my wife, because of my children, my brothers and my sisters, that is why I disappointed you. Any excuse of that nature will not be accepted. And the reason the Lord will not accept it is because we have preferred those people above him. And so here we see that it's not so easy that uh, if a man loves his papa and loves his mama, yet when he finds Christ, he cannot allow his papa or his mama to come between him and Christ. And you know, we have talked about this before. So, so I just want to make reference to it. That uh, if you want to understand really what Jesus meant by saying, if somebody will not hate his father, mother, uh, wife, children, brothers, sisters, he cannot be my disciple. Uh, you will see its counterpart in the book of Deuteronomy. Where in the book of Deuteronomy, Jesus is actually making a very, very, I would say a very wild statement. Let me just uh, 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 make a reference to that statement for you to, um, to see what, what he said there. Uh, uh, I, I, I have looked at uh, this thing and uh, one of the things that strikes me is the present or the modern day Christianity that we preach, most of us do not really preach it. Uh, you'll find it in Deuteronomy 13, verse 6 to 9, and it reads from the verse number 6. If your brother, the son of your mother, you know, there is a difference between a brother and a brother. When you come from a polygamous home, people tend to be closer to the sons of their mamas than the sons of their papas. So if your brother, the son of your mother, meaning that this relationship is tight, or thy son, or your son, or your daughter, or the wife of your bosom. You know, when we say the wife of your bosom, everybody knows that if a man marries two, and some of you come from, from, from a background that is polygamous, there is always the preferred wife before the other one is playing the second fiddle. So if this is the wife of your bosom, the preferred wife, or if it's a friend, a close friend, a friend that you love as your own soul, a friend in whom you have a covenant, like the covenant between David and Jonathan, even if this is the kind of relationship that is going on, according to Jesus or according to the scriptures, if this person come and try to entice you secretly, saying, let us go and serve other gods, which thou hast not known, nor thy fathers. Now, when we paraphrase this, it simply means, if this friend comes to tell you, let us go and do other things apart from serving Christ, Jesus, then, if you have to just follow religion, you just have to go to church, but don't be fanatical about Jesus. Don't say you love Jesus. Don't say you want to obey him. Don't say Jesus is God come in the flesh. And so when Jesus speaks, it is as if God has spoken. Don't say those kinds of things. If somebody comes to place Jesus 
on a place that is lower than who the Bible says he is, if this thing is happening, then this person is asking you to go and worship other gods, which you yourself and your fathers before you, they didn't know. So if something like that is happening, the verse number eight said, thou shalt not consent unto him. You should not agree. You shall not hearken unto him. Means you refuse to hear. You block your ears and you say, no way. And then he said what? Neither shall thine eye pity him. Wow. So immediately, this person becomes an enemy. Why does he become an enemy? Because this person is being used to rob you of your eternal blessing. See it that way. See it that if this person takes you away from Christ, then he is taking you away from an eternity of blessing, an eternity of rejoicing, an eternity of celebrating goodness and happiness. Think of it this way. This person is trying to take away your sleep forever. And think about it. How many of you can be able to keep on living if you can't sleep for just three days? In hell, they don't sleep. Trust me. So anybody doing this, the real evaluation is to see what they are trying to do to you eternally. So then your eyes shall not pity. Neither shall thou spare this person. Neither shall thou conceal him. In other words, you are free to begin to trumpet to everybody. This person is dangerous. If you are a Christian, you want to go to heaven, this person is dangerous. Beware of this one. This one is like somebody who is carrying coronavirus. Avoid him like a plague. This is what this scripture is saying. And then it goes on finally to say, the only remedy for this person is, thou shalt surely kill him. Thy hand shall be first upon him to put him to death. And afterwards, the hand of all the people. Meaning that you should throw the first stone. Are you listening here? So Jesus is not lowering the standard at all. But the standard is as hard as it is in the book of Genesis, in the book of Exodus, in the book of Leviticus, in the book of Deuteronomy. Those five books, it is the same standard. Meaning that it is the same God. So when it comes to we loving Jesus, it should be number one. Now question I'm asking you is, have we taken serious thought of this? Because this scripture is designed to help us to be people who do not compromise. Unfortunately, many of us compromise. But I want to say I didn't come to condemn you. I just want to say you cannot condemn him who the Lord is not condemning. So if God is not condemning you, who am I to condemn you? But I want to say that which is past, let it be past. Let us uh, uh, resolve and take a decision within ourselves that from now on, we are going to be 
people who were true disciples in the sense that no human being will come between us and God. And let us not be afraid of people's faces. Because many times when you are afraid of people's faces and uh, you, you want to please people in order to keep the peace, that is when you begin to compromise. Jesus said, think not that I came to bring peace, but war. War, not because you are going to take cutlass and start cutting people. But when it comes to anybody trying to come between you and your savior, that must be a reason for you to disagree strongly. And if necessary, cut off ties. When they call, you don't pick. When they send you messages on WhatsApp, you block the line. When uh, they are coming one way, because in this our modern era, you cannot go and stone people. <laughs> Neither can you conspire with other people to lynch somebody in the dark so that the police will not see. That makes you also a criminal. So that is not what we are saying, but we are saying that your attitude must be like that so that you cut them off. The problem with many people is they have not learned to cut people off. And I want to encourage you, when God says something, never forget what God has said. He said to Adam, in the day that you eat of this tree, you will surely die. What did the devil say? You will not surely die. The truth is, when God says something, it doesn't matter how many times you go around it, it still remains the same. It doesn't change. The one who needs to change is the one to whom the word has come. Not the giver of the word. Not God himself. It is we who need to change. If God says to be carnally minded is death, it doesn't matter how many excuses you make for living a carnal life. Don't forget that the choice is yours to make, to decide to live carnally, to live fleshly, to allow your body to control you, to do everything your body tells you. That is your choice to make. It's your freedom to make it. But never forget that God said to be carnally minded is death. Because that consequence you can never avoid. No matter how you, you turn it around and go around it. No matter how many preachers you get to preach to you and say it's not going to happen. Oh, I wish I could tell you that uh, there is a way you can go around the word of God. It will make our church a very good church. We will have the whole town coming to join us. But know what? I can't do that and remain true to the word. It is God's word that will judge me. Jesus said, do not think that I came to judge you. By the words that I speak to you, these words definitely will be the ones who will judge you. So you see, we have to take our own decision, my dear friends. Now is the time to let compromise go. Now is the time to let uh, the faces of people that terrify you go. Now is the time not to be clinging to a good reputation. You know, some people, especially in the days we are living, they are afraid that people will call them out, that people will say so many negative things about them. Now, a question I want to ask you is, you don't have to like Donald Trump at all. You don't have to like him. But the question I want to ask you is, can you live your life like Donald Trump? Where 
every almost every radio station you turn on they are bashing him for what he says he believes in we, we don't have to agree with everything he believes in but it's a very good example where the whole world has turned against you and every press is after you every journalist is after you even countries where you don't really rule over them people are talking about you and saying you are stupid you are, you are a liar, you are a fool. I've seen a lot of things spreading. And simply because human beings are afraid of people, you know, coming after them this way, they will compromise. Let me tell you, if the 7 billion people come after you and you want to use it as an excuse to say, because of that, I couldn't do what you said, still, it will disqualify you. It doesn't bother the Lord at all to maintain his standard. And he won't change it just because 8 billion or 8.5 billion people on the planet are going after you. And because so many people are speaking against you, so now you want to, uh, 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 you want to deny Christ in order to please 8 million people. 8, uh, what, 8 billion people. It doesn't work that way. If the whole world should come after you, that is a test of whether you will choose Christ or not. And I am telling you, my dear friends, that this word was not written by any of us. It was written long before the population of this planet started to move into the millions. Don't let the system fool you. Not because they are making videos in YouTube and you are the target and everybody is bashing you. So now you want to escape the pressure and the pain and the uh, what what do we call it the uh, the, mm, the the bad naming you know they say give a dog a bad name and hang him and so because you don't want them to hang you so you want to start to say some things to please people oh I've seen certain men of God and I'm not mentioning them so some people that are bigger than me who am I to judge big people but the fact is whatever comes out of your mouth that is how we know what is in your heart. Certain big people, they come upon, uh, or they are interviewed by certain people. Prominent people. Larry King Light, Oprah Winfrey, whatever, they interview them. And then they begin to ask them certain questions, trying to say that to believe in God according to the Bible is to, to be a bigot. And then when they see the direction they are going, that the bullets are beginning to fly in their direction, Oh, they begin to compromise and they won't hold on to the word. The whole earth will pass away, Jesus said, but my word will never pass away. So, my dear friends, I am just uh, trying to say that uh, we have the freedom to choose. We can choose whether we want our good reputation. We want people to think well of us. We want people to talk well of us. We want uh, that wherever we go, the doors will open for us to come so that we can behave like royalty. Mm. Or we can choose that if they refuse to take Jesus for who he is, then they have rejected us also. So that we identify with him. And if we should identify with him that way, then we are called disciples. Today, the choice is yours. I dare say that we don't have too much time left. It doesn't matter what some people think. Jesus said, go and tell that fox, Herod, 
that today I do miracles and tomorrow also and the third day I shall be glorified whether you like it or not a thousand years is like a day before God and a day is also like a thousand years before God it's been over two thousand years when Jesus walked this planet so if we do it by God's calculation we are in the third day similarly according to the book of Genesis people are to work for six days the seventh day is a day of rest no matter what the archaeologists are telling you the last time I checked the Hebrew calendar it is 5,700 and something years since they started counting what does that tell you it means that we are in the sixth day it means that the fifth day is over because the fifth day stopped at 5,000 years and we are in the sixth day if you understand very well that these people they count their day starting from the night to the day <clears throat> then it will mean that even if you look at it that way the Sabbath can break out anytime soon but you know or as a believer we should know one thing that before the Sabbath breaks on this planet what is the Sabbath the Sabbath is a time of rest now the Sabbath for you if you should uh, uh, interpret the Bible uh, properly and prophetically will be the 1,000 year reign of the Lord Jesus now before the Lord comes to reign for that 1,000 years which will be the seventh day do you know what is going to happen what is actually going to happen is that the trumpet is going to sound somewhere in between and the believers who are born again they are looking for the sound of the trumpet because the Bible says when the trumpet sound, those who are dead or those who are sleeping in Christ, they will rise first. You know, let me clear something here. When you die, your body dies and is laid to the grave, but your spirit is not in the grave. Your spirit goes immediately to be with the Lord. But it is the Lord's pleasure that even the same way he died, and when he rose up again, he got connected to his body. So also, we also should be connected to our body. Amen. So when the trumpet sounds, those who have, been, who have gone to be with the Lord, he will come with them to come, for them to come and collect their bodies. And so they will go into those bodies and rise. Then those of us who are alive, as if their action causes a change in the atmosphere, we too, our bodies will transform and refuse to become subject to the laws of gravity so that we will rise up to meet the Lord in the air. Actually, the appointment, the rendezvous is in the air. And we are going to meet the Lord in the air and wherever the Lord chooses to go, according to the Bible, we shall be there with him. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And the scripture went on to say, so comfort ye one another with these words. So I am comforting you in the midst of whatever you are going through with these words. That there is a time coming and very soon we are going to see the king. Amen. And when that time happens, anything you have gone through 
which have created tears and pain and disappointment and setback, they will pale in comparison with the joy of what he said before you. So my dear friends, push back against anything that will want to take you away from true discipleship. Hallelujah. Now let me just move on to another point that I want to make. And uh, that we will find in the book of Matthew. Matthew 10, 23 to 28. Once again, because of participation, so I can feel you. I would love that one of you will please read it for us. Matthew chapter 10, the verse number Yes. So once again, we are clearly being told that we, those of us that we are Christians, people or some demonically inspired and anointed people are going to seek to perse persecute us. You know, to persecute somebody is to try and take their rights away. Mm -hmm. To try to inflict harm, whether physical emotional or psychological harm upon them, though they have not done anything to deserve that. So the Bible said, if we are being persecuted in one place, we should do what? We should flee to another. Meaning that we are not to play the rumble and just die before our time. But if they happen to, to corner us so that we cannot run, we shouldn't be afraid to die. But we shouldn't play the rumble. The reason we shouldn't play the rumble is because the fact that we leave means there is still opportunity that we can be able to meet some people and share the gospel with them. Yeah. So if you die before your time, there will still some people you should have reached which you couldn't reach. And that would not be good. So let's not be foolish to seek martyrdom uh, like some people do where they want to go to heaven, so they go and seek martyrdom. We are not supposed to seek martyrdom that way. If they are persecuting us, they want to kill us, and the opportunity is there for us to escape, let us move on. Their actions will judge them. But he said, the disciple is not above his master. Meaning that, if they persecuted Jesus, then please, don't think that as for you, you are so, so cultured. 
that they shouldn't persecute you. God forbid, I have not been spit on in the face before for talking to somebody about Christ. But if it comes to that, look to Jesus and you can endure. If people slap you because you are trying to speak the gospel or, or share your testimony with them, the only way you can be able to endure is to look to Jesus. Because consider that you are not superior to Jesus. So that if he could endure that, then for goodness sake, let us not take offense because of that. In the name of Jesus. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. So here we are being introduced to two concepts. Every disciple has a master. And every servant has a Lord. Now, if a disciple has a master, it presupposes that we must obey him. And so, let me encourage you, my dear friend, true disciples will always obey their master. Don't take after the discipleship example of Judas. Judas was a bad disciple. Though he was chosen by the Lord himself, yet the thing Judas could do, or he did most of the time, other people didn't do. Judas was the one who, instead of looking at his master and copying what the master would do, he's the one who looks at the master and says, ah, but the master, this time that he's talking about we going further, when people are hungry, we should be eating. What does he think? Why at all does this, this matter want to be hard? Like, um, this master want to be hard like that? And when we are looking for more people to follow us, now he's laying very difficult rules for them, and people are going away. <laughs> does he really want the church to grow, or does he want to destroy the church? When somebody comes to come and give an offering to Jesus, now this one, Judas did not have any investment in this. It is the woman her own labor or perhaps the benefit she got because it was bequeathed to her. Bequeathed means that uh, it was uh, an inheritance she received from her forebears. And if she decides that she was going to sacrifice it upon Jesus because Jesus deserves it, then surely nobody, nobody should be able to you know, come against another person because of the way they are using their money. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. Please. Yes, sir. If you don't want to give tithe because you don't believe in tithe, don't go around telling people they shouldn't be giving tithe. Because eventually, if you are proved to be wrong, then you would have led other people to astray. And that will not help you. Because you will be the reason why they didn't do what they have to do. Mm. And you will receive extra punishment for every person you lead astray. Mm. 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 So it's not a good idea to play the Judas. Because Judas will say, how can he do this thing? There are so many poor people that this thing should be given to. That is a bad disciple. A good disciple must seek the welfare of his master. And a good servant must seek the welfare of his Lord. You know, these things are titled. Let me just try to explain to you a little bit. Remember what Jesus said. 
that if a man have the servant and he sent the servant out to go and work for him, if the servant has labored in the field and he came back in the evening, which master is there who will not tell the servant, now I am ready, I want to eat. Come and serve me my food and let me eat. And then afterwards, you can look for your own to eat. This is what Jesus said. And he went on to say that if the servant, uh, after all the work of the day, he comes and then he serves his master this way, he shouldn't think that he has done something special. He's to still stay, I am an unprofitable servant. I've just done my duty. So, my dear friends, the thing is tight. And the standard is high. The question is, are you going to accept God's standards or you will set your own? Because if you set your own, you cannot be his disciple. And if you decide to do what you want to do, you can't call yourself his servant. And he cannot be your Lord. Let us push back against everything that stands between us and acknowledging the full lordship of Jesus Christ. Let us come against that. You know, naturally, every human being is a rebel because of Adam. So it is part of our iniquity in our bloodline that we should be rebels. So every human being, your flesh will rebel when it comes to submitting to somebody. The scripture said, submit to one another. Oh, but submission is all only good as long as everybody is submitting to me. The day that I also must submit to somebody, that is the day that Wahala will destroy everything. <laughs> if we are not allowed to determine who drinks the water, then we will muddy it so that nobody else will drink again. That's the spirit. And I want to encourage you, my dear friends, in this time, it pays for us to kick against all those kinds of things. Because those are the things that denies us of the best that God has for us. One more thing I want to say. Uh, would you please have, or can I have somebody reading for me? Luke chapter 6, the verse number 40. Luke 6, verse 40. The gospel according to Luke. Yes. Amen. Amen. So the disciple is not above his master. It is simple. Whatever Jesus did not consider that it is beneath him to do, you and I cannot consider that it is beneath we to do. If Jesus can wash the feet of those disciples, then please, let us not think that it is too much for us to also go out of our way to wash, uh, to wash the feet of our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, actually uh, doing this ceremonial thing where you bring a cup and uh, you are washing people's feet, that is only symbolic. Anybody can do that just for show. But when it comes to real feet washing, 
It means going out of your way to indignify yourself. Or, I'll put it another way, to cast aside your own dignity in order to take care of the need of somebody. And so, when that one happens, that is when the robber actually meets the road. Don't let your tiredness, because you went to work, be the reason why when God is saying, visit that person, you will not visit. Don't let the hard time you had at work be the reason why when actually the Spirit of God is moving you to call somebody, you won't call them. Or when you actually need to help somebody out of some situation, you keep on postponing. Human beings don't live forever. If you postpone what you must do for somebody today, and by tomorrow they are dead, you will regret double-double. And you can ask me, I know about that. There was a fellow that I worked with in Mulheim, in Transoflex. And uh, I heard one time that he was sick. And I just knew that in that situation, if I go and I ask whether I can pray for him, he will allow me. He was my boss, of course. But uh, I somehow was a little bit too busy, postponed some things, and the man was not sick for long, like some people get sick for long. He just died like that. And it was one of the greatest regrets of my life. One of the greatest regrets of my life. So you see, to wash people's feet is not the ceremonial one. Because when I'm strong and I can wash my own feet, I don't need anybody to wash my feet. But when actually it makes a difference, that is when washing of the feet becomes critical and important. The servant is not above his master. The, the disciple is not above his master. Everyone, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. That means everyone that is mature, anybody who has allowed the mentorship to run his course, anybody who has managed to finish his house building, his certificate is that he is like his master. So I want to encourage you, my dear friends, that is the direction we are heading. Anything in our members that will seek to disqualify us from that one, let us kick against it. Uh, uh, Reverend Eastwood Anaba made a certain statement which I have never forgotten. He said, I have determined and up to now it is so. I have never lost any battle because of any of the members of my body. And I listened to that and I said, oh my goodness. Because this is a man who has gone through some things some people have never gone through. When you lose certain people very beloved to you under circumstances where you are actually serving God and, 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 and doing ministry. That one is something new. There are certain levels some of us have never gone through yet. So I want to encourage you, my dear friends. Maybe there are other things we should be... Yeah, let me just talk about the last one we close here. Can I have somebody reading Matthew chapter 5? 
the verse number 46 to 48 for us. Matthew 5. Yes. Matthew chapter 5. The verse number 46 to 48. Uh, so, uh, add 47 and then 48. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Who not even the publicans do? He therefore happens, even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Amen. 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 So, the word publican here, actually it means tax collector. And in those days when somebody was a tax collector, he was like um, like a juju man. <laughs> like a juju man, like a fetish priest yeah. who is helping the devil to do his work. Because the taxes go to the Romans. And the Romans are taking the taxes from the Jewish people, the people of God, to do their own thing. Not to help the thin, sins of God at all. So when somebody is a tax collector, he, he, you see him like a betrayer. You see him like somebody who is lower than what a normal Jew should be. So Jesus is using this to tell us that a publican in this sense is an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. So that we should understand that where the unbeliever was, that is where some of us, uh, uh, how would I put it? That is where some of us uh, should never be. The standard which the unbeliever has, that is the standard we should never settle down on. If we settle down at the level and the standard of the unbeliever, it is almost as if we have refused to allow our light to shine. And uh, our presence assault is being neutralized. So we must have a higher standard than the world's standard. Maybe I will deceive some people, but me, I will say it all. I will say it. It just occurred to me. And if it's hitting you, I don't mean it to. It's not a personal thing. But if the unbelievers are, you know, they, they just feel like I shouldn't go to work. And uh, he just goes to the doctor and gets a bishanigun so that he will just stay at home. <laughs> Think of it well. Oh. Let the weak say what? I am Let the poor say? I am Let the sick say? I am healed. So you that is going there, saying I am sick, when you are well, why should you be surprised when the day real sickness holds you and you are praying and God is like, ah, but this guy, he loves sickness. He even will lie so that he can, he can be certified as sick. Please, don't be angry with me. This one is not me. I'm just preaching. The people who are here know I have not written this message. It's not written. It's as it comes to me and I say it. So please, it's not me who 
It's a disclaimer. So we should not be lowering ourselves to the standard of the world. If we are working for somebody, let us do our work as unto the Lord and not unto men. So that even in the quality of work we, we bring out, let it bring praises to God. Amen. When people are saying this guy is a good worker, it is God who is getting praised. Amen. If people are saying that this guy is, uh, uh, what do you call it? He's, uh, uh, he's particular about what he does. He brings glory to God. That he does, he would do an excellent job. He brings glory to God. This is how God would now begin to bring conviction upon people when now we add prayer to what we do. Some of us pray, 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 but in our doings, we dissipate the anointing. So it doesn't have impact upon people. Amen. Thank you. Ah, this one is encouraging me to preach. Oh. Thank you very much. But the point I am making is praying is good. And when we pray, something will change. Amen. But let us be careful that we should be perfect even as our Father in heaven is perfect. Amen. And now somebody will say, what do you mean by perfect? Perfect means that we must have a certain state of mind. The same kind of mind that Jesus had. Please get this clear. Perfect in this case does not mean that I am doing everything right. Mm. How many of you know that I may mean well, but as I seek to display what I mean, I may break your verse or I may, I may, I may damage something. Mm. 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 You can hold me guilty for the thing I damaged, but God will see my heart and not hold me guilty. This is what I mean. So to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, it is a state of the heart. Wow. Do things out of a pure heart. Don't be somebody that is playing the cat and the mouse with other people. You are just doing it, but you are like, oh, okay. If he gets into my track, I will tell him a thing or two. Uh -huh. That's what I mean. Don't be doing that. Let us be perfect, even as our Father in heaven is perfect. The servant is not above his master. But if a person is perfect, he will be like his master. If a man is matured, he will be like his boss. I think I want to rest my case here. So that uh, we can go to prayer. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. May, if I should get any reward for this preaching, may God remember you so that you Amen. don't lose your interest, your thinking. <laughs> but let me conclude by saying once we have determined to push back and we are pushing back in prayer and pushing back in uh, what do you call it in, in, in fellowship and pushing back in prophetic declarations it is completely complete that something will change in terms of the anointing levels we're working but I want to encourage you, please, let us also watch our doings so that our doings will line up with the word of God. Amen. That way, the anointing that is coming upon us will make a real impact in our world. Amen. It will cause a lot of things to change. And I want to encourage you, it is time now for you as a person to say no to those things that are stopping you from working in the will of God. This is what this is all about. 
we are pushing against those things that limit us. You, your heart, you know in your own heart. Because if you are a child of God, your heart is completely for God. So anytime you fail God, your heart doesn't agree with you. And you are like, I want to, I really want to do right. Well, it is time. We are kicking against those things because sometimes there are what I call concentration of demonic power that lurks around to play with our mind, you know, massage your brain or something. <laughs> so that before you know it, something you know is not right, it looks attractive, then you go and touch it. Mm. And if it happens again and again and again, it means that we are just not learning. Yeah. That those people, we should push them away. Because if we push them away, we shall have our freedom to do what we have to do. So we are going to lift up our, our voices and we are going to push. We are pushing against every anti-discipleship spirit. And that kind of spirit is very common in our world today. Everybody wants to be like somebody. So nobody wants to be like Christ. We want to push against that thing. You want to push against every demon of prayerlessness. You want to push against those who fight the word of God in your life. You want to push demons who are always bringing doubt in your mind so that your faith cannot stand for you. To... Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org. You can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.